Praise the Lord. You can clap. We're starting a new sermon series, and um, it's based off the book by Mark Batterson, uh, Chase the Lion. And so uh, I'm not going to tell everything out of the book, but I'm just, I've read the book, I've prayed over it, and I'm going to bring things out of that. I'm going to use the, the, some of his points, and we're going to talk about that. So if you have a Bible, would you take your Bible out and turn to 2 Samuel? And we're talking about, um, here it is. If your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. <laughs> if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. Second Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 20 through 23. Now David, I hope you know, King David uh, started out as a shepherd boy. Um, he, he worked himself to become a mighty warrior. He became the king of Israel. Uh, and so he, he had people that came alongside him and helped him. And he had a vision from God, a dream from God to restore God's temple, to, to actually bring a temple. Eventually, he didn't build it, but his son would bring it. And so David was a man of God. In fact, if you read the word, it says that David was a man after God's own heart. And so David had a relationship with God, but David had a dream, had a vision that was bigger than him. And he had to bring some people alongside him. But we're going to highlight David a little bit, but we're going to talk about a guy that maybe you've read before or you've not read, and, and the name maybe sounds familiar. His name is Benaiah, Okay. So 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 20 through 23. I'm going to read to you out of this, okay? So here we go. This is the NIV right here. 2 Samuel 23, 20 through 23. Benaiah, son of Jehida, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit. This is the important part. He went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian, although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehida. He was a, as famous as the three mighty men. Now, when, when you think about a lion, I'm not talking the Wizard of Oz, the cowardly lion, okay? How many of you have seen a lion in the wild? couple of you. How many of you know what a lion is? Okay, I'm not talking about your cat. Your cat's not a lion. Your cat's a cat, domesticated, okay? So some of you have seen a lion in the wild, or uh, you've seen the videos, or maybe you've gone to, how many of you have seen the lion in the zoo? Come on, most of you, right? How many know what a lion is, really? Everybody, everything, what's a lion? A lion, okay? So a lion is this huge, and I'm talking about a 500-pound, not your house cat. This is a 500-pound, meat-eating predator that lives in the wild. Okay, so think about this. This man, Benaiah, okay, so if, you, if you've ever heard a roar of a lion uh, or something like that out in the wild, you're going to be scared, right? Come on with me, just nod your head, okay? You're going to be scared, okay? If there's a 500-pound lion and you catch it on the side of your eye running towards you, what are you going to do? You're going to run up, you're going to pray, Jesus help, and you're going to be running, right? And, and so... Think of this, okay? Think about this. Most people don't chase after a lion. They run away from a lion, right? They avoid a lion. I mean, that's, that's good wisdom, right? But you see, here, imagine Benaiah chasing down a lion, jumping into a pit on a snowy day, and he didn't have uh, North Face gear. He didn't have Marmot mountain shoes. He didn't have an M16 or a, a 50 caliber machine. He had... I don't know. He jumped into the pit and he took on a 500 pound lion and he won. 
Okay? So he was chasing a dream. This dream, this chasing of the lion, check this out. You've got to get this. This was probably the toughest and scariest decision of, of his life to chase the lion. So now, put yourself into Benaiah's sandals because as far as I know, Israel does not get a lot of snow. The Middle East doesn't get... It does snow. So think about that. So you're typically like yesterday. We had spring weather, right? Now today it's cold and it'll be warm again tomorrow. So it's like fake winter, right? Uh, and so um, so here it is. You're probably in your sandals. It snows one day. There's a lion chasing you. If you've ever tried to run in sandals in the snow, it's not easy. Are you following me? Okay. And so he's chasing down this lion. He makes a decision. And him destroying this lion changed his destiny. Benaiah becomes, of course, the bodyguard of King David, and eventually he becomes the commander-in-chief. In fact, in fact Mark Bat- i got to read this because it's kind of funny. Mark Batterson wrote in his book, In the wild, man versus lion scripts the same way all the time. Man runs, lion chases, king of the beast eats man which for lunch. But you see, Benaiah flipped the script because Benaiah knew he had a God-sized dream. He had a destiny from God, and he was not going to let anything in the world overcome it. So let's show this other video now. Okay, God has given you a huge dream. He has given you a divine destiny that's bigger than you. And you're going to have to either run from it or you're going to have to chase it down with God's power. And so here, Benaiah, check this out. Benaiah knew his dream. He knew his part. And it's bigger than what the world could offer him. And you see, you and I, we stopped chasing the lion when the bills came in, when the first kid came in, when the new job started. We stopped chasing the line because another person told us our dream was crazy. It was not possible. And I'm here today with God's hope and His power and His Word today to help you to dream that God dream again. That God purpose dream. Now, I apologize for this, so we'll work on this thing. I may have to move to the handheld. Just be ready. If your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. And here's the good news. God wants you to achieve that big dream, but you'll do it through His power. Say, God is a big God. And He will equip me. Come on. He will equip me to fulfill this dream. Are you ready to break free of safe, boring Christianity? 
You see, Jesus didn't die on the cross. He wasn't buried. He wasn't resurrected to make you safe. He did all that to make you dangerous to the kingdom of darkness and to help your friends, your family members, your co-workers, your neighbors who are living a passionless life in bondage to the devil. He has called you to be a light and to help them to come to know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Come on, amen. You are called to be dangerous, not domesticated. And you see, the church in America, we're taking Christianity, this powerful, powerful move of God, and we've made it domesticated, we've made it safe, we've got nice coffee, we've got nice muffins, we have a nice heat, we have nice lights, sometimes a video projector works, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes the pastor's microphone gets on your nerves, sometimes it doesn't. And so we forget about the power of God in our lives, and we forget that today is a day to meet with God. Come on, amen, we had a powerful time of worship like we often do. And this, this morning, I want you to say, am I ready to face the lion? Am I ready to get rid of this boring, safe Christianity? Do I need to get out of the rut that I'm in? I'm hoping your answer, because after today's message, or even right now, is yes. Are you ready to chase the lion? Okay, these people are ready, so I'm going to preach for them right now. You'll come up with me. So here we go. The first thing is, is chase the lion. Facing your lion, okay? Every one of you have a lion or lions. Typically, listen to this, if you find yourself in a pit with a lion, you're probably having the worst day of your life. In fact, that's probably your last trouble that you'll ever have. Because again, typically a lion is going to overcome you and overwhelm you and of course kill you and eat you. Imagine though, if your job resume said, kill the lion in a pit on a snowy day. I mean, that's killer, right? I mean, that's... I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if your resume said something like that, they're like, wow. They'd at least say, can you tell me about that? Oh, it was nothing. I just, you know, went there. I mean, it's powerful. And so now Benaiah, here we go, back to Benaiah. This is good on his job resume because he became the bodyguard of the king of Israel. And as I told you, Benaiah's life exceeded his wildest dreams. He became King David's bodyguard and, of course, eventually became the commander-in-chief of the armies of Israel. This is huge. Okay, this is huge. This is large, okay? I need to stop using that word huge because some of you are thinking someone else, all right? So this one decision to chase the lion determined his destiny forever. And you see, I'm so sick and tired of the world telling you that your destiny is going to be famous, you're going to be rich, you're going to look like a certain person, you're going to go to school and you're going to do this, and that might be fine, but it's even bigger than that. Your destiny is divine and it's called to touch lives. It's called for you to dream some big God dreams. Come on. Amen? So what lion do you need to chase today? You can run away from your fears. You can run away from your lion. Or you can face your fears with the power of God. Because the Word of God says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen? Write this down. It's not on your notes, but Genesis, I'm sorry, John 11, 25 and 26. John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said, basically, he said, I, I am your resurrection. I am the life. And you really shouldn't fear anything because my life is in you. Okay? You hear me say this all the time. Every one of us are going to die. One out of one people die. Ten out of ten people die. Do you know that? One hundred out of one hundred people die. Right? So why are you living in fear? Why don't you live while you're alive today? Come on, amen? Why don't you dream big again? Why don't you believe big again? Why don't you expect God to do something big in your life? Come on, amen? Why not, instead of living in fear, start living out your divine destiny from God? Really, church, come on. You, this church, me, come on, amen? Aren't you sick and tired of the world telling us how to live our lives? Aren't you tired of your 
fears controlling your life? You don't have to. This church doesn't have to. You as a believer of Christ, you don't have to. So face your lion. Come on, amen, face it. Either you're going to chase the lion or you're going to chase after the wrong dream. Now, please don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with a good job. There's nothing wrong with a house. Nothing wrong with a car. Nothing wrong with things. But the problem is that's not your dream. That's just part of the dream. Come on, amen? Do you hear what I just said? We have bought in this life. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on these vacations. And that's my dream. No, that's part of the dream. The dream is to do something huge, large, great for God. Those are just little destinies along the way. They're not the destiny. They're just little stop places. Come on, church, amen? I want you to live bigger than that. At the end of our lives, our greatest regret will be that a God-ordained dream was left on the table because we bought into the lies of the world. We were fearful. We didn't think we could do that. Are you ready to chase the lion? So the next part, of course, is no guts, no glory. You've heard that many times. You see, many people believe this, and I want to read this. This is Mark Batterson's quote. I want you to get it. Many people believe God is real, but few people actually live like it. Many people believe that there is a God, and they believe He's real, but few people actually live like it. You're stuck. I'm stuck. We're stuck. If we say we believe God, but we don't see Him acting through our lives and working in our community, working in our workplace, working in our church, working in the nation, in the nations of the world. Come on, church, amen? Many of us have allowed our circumstances to get between us and God. And many of us have made our circumstances bigger than God. Now think about this again. Remember, the God of the universe who created everything, in fact, I was reading sometime this week, he, he knows the number of stars in the sky, has a name for every one of them, not just in our earth. He, he knows the numbers of your hair, whether there's zero or there's much. He knows, he knows the number of grains of sand on the earth. He cares for you. He has a great plan for your life, but we allow our, our circumstances, and I'm guilty, we allow our circumstances to become bigger than our God. And God is saying, you know what? You need to stop because I want to do something great in you. I'm bigger than your circumstances. Benaiah believed that. When he jumped into that pit to take on that 500-pound lion, he knew that God had a destiny for his life. And you see, lion chasers measure everything against God, not the impossibilities. You and I are going to face a lot of impossibilities. Just just nod your head. There's, There's impossibilities in this world. But for God, nothing is impossible. And in fact... If you've heard me say this, I'm I'm getting older, I'm getting crankier, I understand that, I'm 51, I'm 52 next month, and I've been called to help you live out a God-given dream. And I want to help you live that dream. Because I don't want to stand before God one day and say, He'll say, what did you do? Well, I tried to help them. I want to say, God, I did all that I could to help them live out their God-given dream. In fact, God's going to ask you, did you live out that God-given dream? Here's what the Scripture says. Romans 14, 12, So then each of us, each of us will give an account of himself to God. And I'm not trying to make you fear, but I I want you to say, you know what, I'm going to leave everything on this earth that I did for God on the earth, not a dream, not a hope, not something, well, I might do that. I did that through God, through his power. Come on, amen? God has called you to play offensive in the spiritual realm. Not to be offensive, but to play offensive. 
Come on, amen? Do I need to move on? You good? God's dream for your life is much bigger than you think it is. And God wants to fulfill it through you. Exciting. That's exciting. The problem is, again, we've domesticated our faith. We've domesticated God. We've put God on the shelf. He is just a person we read about in a book instead of a, a person that we worship. This morning, as often we have powerful worship. Did you meet with God or did you just sing songs about God? I hope you met with God. You have an opportunity to meet with God every day through worship, through prayer. If you're looking for excuses, you're going to find one. If you're looking for solutions, you're going to find them. If you're looking to fulfill a big dream, you're going to find a way to do it. Come on, amen? Are you ready to chase the lion? The next thing, if, if I ever... There, there's a song. Do I, did I put the words up? If I ever. Do I have the words or not? Do I have the... Yes. Okay, I'm going I'm to make this as monotone. I'm not going to syncopate. I'm just going to say... You might have heard this song. We used to play pretend, give each other different names. We would build a rocket ship, and then we'd fly it far away. So I'm trying not to syncopate it. Used to dream of outer space... But now they're laughing at our face saying, wake up, you need to make money, yo. Some of you know the song. Some of you are like, I have no idea what this is. We wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out, oh. Wish we could turn back time, oh, to the good old days, oh. When our mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days. Remember that song? So, no, Pastor, I don't. It's 21 Pilots. It's a powerful song. In fact, you should go to YouTube today, sometime after church, not right now. Okay, some of you are they're already, already doing that right now. Please, please, can I seriously help you today? Please don't text. Please don't FaceTime. Please don't do that right now because this is a powerful message from God. You're going to miss out on it if you're goofing around on your cell phone. Okay? Love you. 21 Pilots, this song is huge. Do you remember when you were young and used to dream? Do you remember when you say, man, I'm going to do these big things? In fact, if you watch the video, it talks about that, where they had this dream and they were kids and they believed, and then they were said, you know, you've know, got to grow up. You've got to make money. You've, you've got to be responsible. We can be responsible, make money, and still dream. Come on, amen? Do you remember that when you were young and you said, man, I'm going to take on the world. I'm going to do great things. And now we're like, no, I can't do that because the world says I can't. Who said that? That wasn't God. That was the world. That was maybe your mom and dad, maybe yourself. But I want to call you back to if I ever. Do you remember when you used to say if I ever as a prelude to a big dream? If I ever. If I ever write a book. If I ever produce that life-changing software or production. Or if I ever discover the cure for cancer. Or if I ever, you fill in your dream right there, okay? So if I ever, put your dream in there. Now, it's not said as a dream. Now it's said as a lament of a vibrant dream or a faith or a relationship. Now, it's, oh, if I ever, if I ever just get out of debt. If I ever would just grow from something Pastor Stan would say. If I just would ever, I don't have to deal with this traffic every day. If I just ever didn't have to deal with this crazy boss, these reports, see you've fallen away from the dream of God. May we discover, or may we rediscover our God-sized dream again.
You see, Mark Batterson, when he wrote this book, Chase the Line, he wrote it to inspire you, to encourage you. In fact, um, 10 years ago, he wrote a book called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. I happen to read that book, and I happen to read this book. And 10 years ago, in October of 2006, this book was launched with little or no fanfare. In fact, I remember some of you might have been there, some of us men, we were at the men's conference over in Baltimore. Did you say Baltimore? Baltimore, okay? Uh, and so we were there, and, and he talked about this. He was one of the guest speakers. He's just started coming on uh, as a popular speaker. He has great stuff. And he was saying, hey, guys, I, I just wrote this book. It, you know, he, I think he'd written a book before this. It was not a big deal. And he said, can you guys just pray with me that, that God would exponentially use this book to change lives and that this book would, would, would exceed his dreams? And so we prayed that prayer over him. And now 10 years later, Mark Batters has not just written this book and not this book. He's written a lot of books, like Circle Maker. If you've never read that book, you need to read that book. Mark Batterson's dreams were, if I ever write a book, I hope that it helps people to dream big again. And so he wrote this book, and this book, you need to read it sometime, is Chase the Lion, or read any of his books, is you need to believe in that God-sized dream again. Whatever God's called you to do. When you were a little kid, remember when you used to dream about outer space before someone said yo you need to wake up you need to make money which you need money to survive I understand that here we go are you good? are you ready to chase the lion? the second part I want to talk about is is the dream within a dream there's always a dream within a dream so discovering the dream has anyone in this room ridden on a dream? anyone ridden on a dream? Okay, some of you, yes, okay. So let me rephrase that. Has anyone ridden on an airplane? Okay, did you know that airplanes were a dream of two brothers? And who are those brothers? Who? The Wright brothers. Orville and Wilbur Wright. They dreamed about human flight. In fact, and, and if, if some of you Ray, remember Ray and Bess Malloy, uh, they, he was an aeronautical engineer, and Ray Malloy actually worked, I believe, with Wilbur Wright. So it's amazing. That's just cool. But you see, here's the thing. Airplanes were only a dream. Going to the moon was a dream. In the summer of 1896, Orville Wright contracted typhoid fever. Very bad stuff back then. Still is today. And it took over a month for him to recover. And so while he, while he was in bed recovering, his brother, Wilbur, began to take interest in flight probably before that. But he, he found a book in their father, Pastor Milton Wright, or Bishop Milton Wright's library. And in that, in that library, this book was called this. Animal Mechanism, a treatise on terrestrial and aerial locomotion. So basically he was talking about animals that could fly. And so Orville and Wilbur Wright, of course, Orville had to listen to Wilbur reading this book to him. And what happened was a dream began within a dream. You see, his father had a dream for his children. He didn't know what it was going to be. He wasn't sure, but he was interested. And so his interest in flying became a passion for Orville and Wilbur. And I am so glad that there is now planes and jets to get us from one place to another faster than your car. Come on, amen? Some of you drive your car like a jet, but it's not a jet. 
Okay? It's not an airplane. And so, the Wright brothers, check this out. Their father's fascination became a dream. Listen to this, okay? Because I want you to hear this. And I, and I get tired of me making my excuses. I get tired of you making excuses. I get tired of people in this day and age making excuses. Check this out. The Wright brothers had no education. They were not aeronautical engineers because guess what? There was no such thing as an aeronautical engineer. They had no source funding. Crowds, they couldn't go to Google. They couldn't go to online, go fund me. Hey, this is Orville. Yo, 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 check it out. We're making this plane. Orville was, hey, come on, we're going down to... They had to come up with the resources themselves. They had no education. No one told them how to build an airplane. They had to have tenacity. They had a dream. They were chasing the lion. You see, I think too many of us, we don't even dream anymore. Well, pastor, you need to tell me how to live my faith. You need to tell me how to live my dream. Mom and dad, it's your job. No, it's your job to live out your dream. Well, I don't have the money. I don't have the education. I'm being kind of snide on purpose. I'm trying to get on your nerves a little bit today too. I want you to live out God's dream. Because with God, nothing's impossible. He will, he will source you. He will educate you. He will empower you. He will give you the ideas. You see, I believe that God spoke to the Orville and Wilbur Wright, and they came up with the plan of how, yes, they read and they studied, but they came up with a plan that would actually fly. And you see, you and I, were stuck. In fact, I, again, I know I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to diss cell phones. I love cell phones, but I think they also make us not think anymore. We don't imagine anymore. We don't dream anymore. We, we, we have Google do it all or Siri do it all. Come on, and I love both those tools. But I think we need to get back to say, you know what, I don't need that. I need God. I need to use my supercomputer, which is better than your cell phone. You see, Orville and Wilbur Wright had a dream that was bigger than them, but they continued at that dream. They had many failures. You see, this, this society, we don't like to fail. We don't want to fail. We, everyone wants to be a winner, but you can't have wins without failures. You've got you to gotta face some lions. You've got to face some days that are hard. And we, we are, we're trying to make it so that everyone, oh, it's no, life's not hard. Life is hard at times. But you have to hold on to that dream. You have to believe in that God-given dream. Come on, amen? So you need to discover that God-given dream within you. We have access, listen, we have access to the Creator everything. Say, we have access to the Creator of everything. Okay, so if you have access to the Creator of everything, that's bigger than Google, that's bigger than Siri, that's bigger than all the supercomputers in the world. You have access to the Creator of everything, and you can say, Father God, I need help today. Give me wisdom. Lord, let me have the idea that will change the lives of the world. That will change my life. I believe in that. I want you to trust in that. Come on, amen? Nothing wrong with education. Okay? Nothing wrong with hard work. Nothing wrong with your cell phone except for when you use it during church. While I'm trying to preach to you right now. But here's my question for you. What impossibility is holding you back? What small, too safe dream do you need to abandon to chase the lion? What dream do you need to abandon that's too small, it's too safe, that you need to abandon? You see, in 1896, human flight was science fiction. Now it's a daily reality. Are you ready to chase the lion? The next thing, letter B, imagination is a gift from God. 
Your imagination is a gift from God. Now, you have to turn it sometimes because I can imagine things that aren't from God. I can imagine things that are, that are just crazy. But also then when I tap into God, I can imagine some huge, awesome things. You see, space flight and going to the moon started with an imagination and pursuing a dream. NASA's Apollo moon pro- program started because Werner von Braun and John F. Kennedy said, you know what, we need to make this thing happen. No one had been to the moon. And we haven't been back to the moon since the Apollo programs. But you see, God gives us the gift of imagination. Imagine with me, you living out your God-given dream. Imagine with me, God inspiring you, giving you great and noble things to do to change the world. Imagine with me, you living out a different life today. It always starts with a dream. It always starts with imagination. You see, imagination is a gift from God. It says that right there. It's a gift from God to you. And then, of course, our dream is a gift back to God, saying, God, whatever dream you put into my life, I want to give it back to you, and I want it fulfilled so you will be glorified. And God's dream, will it'll bless you. It'll be a blessing to you. But God's dream is not just for you. It's for the whole world. God gave Adam and Eve the command to fill and subdue the earth. And in that was a divine invitation to explore, to adventure, to discover, to dream. In fact, there are still things to be explored. Come on. Has anyone flown to Mars and back? Anybody? In my dreams. Well, okay then. There are still things to be explored. There are still places to be, adventures to be had. There are things to discover. There are dreams to be fulfilled. We are not done yet. You are not done yet. Say, I am not done yet. Okay? This is not the end. In fact, the Holy Spirit lives within the believers and He will inspire you. He will train you. He will empower you. He will anoint you. He will guide you. In fact, Acts 2.17 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour My Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will, will see visions. And old men, you can still dream dreams. Come on, old man, old lady, old pastor, young pastor. Young man, young lady, you're not done yet. Stop waiting to get to heaven and by playing safe. God has not saved you for that. There are people's lives that need to be changed that only you can change because you're called. Come on, here we go. So receive God's dream seed. You see, before David was king, he was just a shepherd boy. And I don't have time to go into that, but David was just a shepherd boy. In fact, when, when, um, when Samuel the prophet was... I'm sorry, Nathan... When Nathan the prophet was, was looking for... Um, uh, what's his name? No, it's Nathan. Nathan. Nathan the prophet, when the prophet was looking for the king and they had said Saul was not the king, he goes to Jesse and says, one of your sons is going to be the king. He brings all the sons up. They're all good-looking, perfect teeth, perfect specimen. Warriors, soldiers had the right clothes on. They had the right sandals on. They're all ascending attention. And he looked over them and says, none of these are the king. Do you have another one? Oh, 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 yeah. We, David little brat is out there taking care of sheep and see again taking care of sheep today and then was not a glamorous job it's almost like oh yeah David he's out he works at the trash pit David really David the little brat kid you see the prophet looked at him and said there's something in this young man he will be king one day and you and I don't get this This was before Jerusalem was retaken and rebuilt. 
This was before Israel again became a great nation under God's power. And over time, the temple was built through his son. You see, someone spoke into David's life. The prophet saw that there was something more in his life. And I'm grateful for those who have spoken into my life and said that God's going to do great things. And please hear me. I don't do it just to sugarcoat you. I don't do it just to make you feel good. But I look at every one of you as God-sized dreams ready to happen. And I believe in you. But you need to believe in yourself. You need to believe in God. You need to expect God to work through you. And you need to bring some people alongside you, of course, that will encourage you. Not, not fake, oh, you're good. You know, hey, here's, here's, the, here's the reward. Here's the paycheck. You haven't worked yet. But no, someone's going to say, you know what? You've got great talent. You've got great abilities. Let's do what God has called us to do. You don't need people that are negative on you. In fact, you, don't, you know, all that social media, all those, we're always bad-mouthing one another, telling how people bad are. You don't need those people around your life. You need someone that's going to help you with your God-sized dream. You need to allow that seed to grow in your life. You see, David was a giant killer. He was a songwriter. He became the king of Israel. But before all that, he was a dreamer. What dreams are you dreaming about? What large dream do you want God to do? Are you ready to chase the lion? The second part, the dream team. 2 Samuel 23, 8. 2 Samuel 23. These are the names of David's mighty men. I'm not going to read them. Then if you go down to verse 39b, which I have right here, there were 37 names in all of David's personal people that were close to him. The list of 37 men were his best friends and his confidants. In fact, many of them were fugitives. Many of them had failed. Many of them were were chased out of their their tribe, their area. They were just a, a, a ragtag band of men and followers that would help David fulfill a God-sized dream to conquer their land back and to start a new nation again. Here's what I want to say to you. God can restore you from whatever you failed at, whatever you're running from, whatever's holding you back, whatever's got control of you. God can free you of that. Come on, amen? If God can take 37 ragtag fugitive men and He can start a nation, God can definitely take you and I and do something Large, beyond our wildest dreams. Come on, amen? I need you to believe that there is, you are part of God's dream team. You are God's dream team. Benaiah, listen to this, helped David fulfill his destiny and David helped Benaiah wildest dreams come true. I've already said it earlier today, but God-sized dreams don't just benefit you they benefit a lot of other people. You and I, we're buying into the world's lies. It's all about us. More for me, more for me. All about me. If, if, again, your dream's all about you, then it's not a God-sized dream. If it's about you being used to do great things, then that's probably a, a God-sized dream. You can't also fulfill your God-sized dream alone. You need other people to come alongside you. I know in America, if you were raised in this country, we're raised on, we're tough Americans, we're, we're individual-minded, we can do anything we want. Well, yes and no. But for, for Werner von Braun to get to the moon, he, he had to have a team of people. The Wright brothers had a team of people. David had a team of people. Jesus had a team of 12. You need a team of people that will come alongside and help you fulfill your dream are you ready to chase the dream and I'm getting down to the very end 
Here we go, the dream inventory. Mark Batterson's books that I thought, there's plenty, and they're good books, all of them if you read them. But Mark Batterson's two books were inspired by a sermon by a preacher who I've heard I've met. His name was Sam Freena. He's still preaching. And Sam Freena preached on Benaiah. And at the time, Mark Batterson was 19 years old and he heard the sermon and it inspired him. He said, if I ever write a book, I'm going to write a book about chasing the lion down that will hopefully inspire a generation of people to live out their God-sized dream. In fact, this, this dream to chase the lion was given to Mark and it's given him opportunity to inspire millions of people. In fact, it's still inspiring, hopefully. In fact, his church, the, the, they call it Theater Church. It's also NCC Church, National Community Church in D.C. They're now having opportunity to minister to, to Capitol Hill, which needs ministers, right? And they're also helping people in D.C. You know, D.C. is, is vast. They have a dream center there helping, hope, helping people come off drugs and a, a, a poverty lifestyle. They're helping them get educated, helping them have uh, uh, job skills so they can do something. This all started with a dream that he heard when he was 19 years old from a sermon from Pastor Sam Farina about Benaiah chasing a lion. In fact, one of the dreams was a part of a, another man's dream. Uh, Pastor R.W. Schombach was a preacher, an assembly God preacher as far as I know. In fact, I'm not going to read it to you, but, but he, would, he would go to, to the urban cities and he'd go to the, the, the destitute parts of, of D.C. and Detroit and, and Philadelphia and Washington and different parts and he'd go and preach the gospel to those that living on the streets, drug addicts, uh, prostitutes, and he'd preach the gospel and they would get saved and, and fill the Holy Spirit and they would, they would, he would begin to start churches. And he was walking in downtown D.C. and he, and he saw this theater and he said, God, I, I pray that that becomes a church one day. And in, in two years, the theater shut down and it became the church. It became Miracle Temple. In fact, Miracle Temple then shut down some years later. It just sat there and Mark Batterson was walking around his community praying, God, use me, use our church, let us do great things. And so he would see that empty theater, that empty church, Miracle Temple, and they were able to purchase it. And now today, it's called Miracle Theater. And there's a church, one of their congregations meets there every Sunday and they're ministering to people in the community. It started with a dream. It started because someone spoke a word into his life. You see, you need to take inventory of your life. Say, where am I at? Where is the dream that God has for me? What is this thing that God is doing in my life? Where is God working? Is this lion chasing stuff or is this boring stuff of the world that anyone can do with their eyes closed? Young man, young lady, teenager, young adult, older saint... Are you still chasing lions? Are you chasing after the garbage of the world that's not going to fulfill you? Is your dream so big that it, that it has to take God? Or is your dream so small that you can fulfill it in your own lifetime? I'm not trying to be rude with you, but I hope that your dream is bigger than you. It's bigger than, than what this world can say. And I want you to believe in a big God who can do big things. Now, here's what I'm going to do again, and I hope the video works. I want to show you, we're going to have an altar time in a second. But I want to show you this again, the, uh, the Life Chaser Manifesto. Can you show it again? And I want you now, after you've heard the message, I want you, before they show it, listen to it with your spirit. Will you do that? Go ahead.
Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. Would you stand with me? The worship team would come right now. I want you. God has spoken to me, okay? I want to challenge you. Friends, God brought me to this great church in 2003, and I'm not done yet, okay? I'm not done because God has a great plan for your life. God has a great plan for this church. God has a great plan for this community. We need to begin to believe it. Come on, would you believe with me that there is a dream from God that is not yet fulfilled? Pastor, I'm living out my dream, and that's awesome. I'm glad you are. But help then the rest of us to live out this lion-chasing dream that's bigger than you and I. Come on, amen? Would you, would you, I hope again, and we're going to talk more about this in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this Lion Chasers Manifesto. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase that dream. Chase that lion that God has put in your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that you will inspire every man, every woman, every teenager, every child, that, Lord, we would stop living like the world tells us and we would start living again. That we would stop be focused on what the world tells us is success and we would start be focusing on what you call is success. Give us a God-sized dream that only can happen when we tap into you. And you want it to happen, God. You want it to happen. So, Father, we ask for forgiveness for being stuck, for being afraid, for living in fear, because that's never been your call. Fear is not your call. Faith is your call. And so I speak faith and confidence and overcoming spirit in every man, every woman, every teenager, every child in this church, whether they're visiting today or this is their home church, that, Father God, we will tap into this God-sized dream and we will chase the lion down. That, God, we will not be satisfied just to go to work every day, come home, have dinner, watch Netflix, check out some Snapchat, Facebook, go to bed, get up and do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. What a terrible life that is, God. Those are parts of life. But you've called us to do something bigger than that. You've called us to live something huge, great, dream. Some, there, there might be in this room someone that might find the cure for cancer. There might be someone in this room that might be create a, even a better computer, a better cell phone, a, a, a better uh, a, a medicine that can benefit all mankind. So Father, help us to dream the big dream because it's always about you and about helping others, not just ourselves. Before I go on about that dream, though, Lord Jesus, you said that you are the resurrection and the life. And that if we believe in you, we don't have to fear death. We can live eternally. But maybe there are some of us in this room that have never given Jesus Christ our lives. We've never surrendered totally to him. We, we, we want to be free. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from hell. Saved from the devil. Saved from eternal damnation but turn to eternal salvation and being with God the Father in heaven for eternity. And not only that, but in this world, living out a great dream that's bigger than your own dream now. A life walking with Jesus. There will be tough times, but you'll always work through, walk through it because Jesus is with you every step of your way. Friends, this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit's drawing you. You've never made this decision to follow Jesus Christ. You've never given your life totally to Jesus Christ. If you've never done that and the Holy Spirit's drawing you, He's calling you right now. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed, please don't look around right now. And if you say, you know what, Pastor said, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need Him to forgive me of my sins. I need Him to be the King of kings and Lord of Lord of my life. If that's you, 
Would you, with eyes closed, heads bowed, would you just raise your hand and say, this is me, Pastor Jen. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. I've never done it. I want to do it right now. I trust then you have. So here's my next prayer. We're going to open the altar up in a moment. But some of you, you've allowed the world to kill your dream. Maybe someone has said something to you about your dream and your faith and you've, it's been squashed. I'm asking that God would awaken that dream again in your life. Some of you are fearful of this, fearful of that, and I'm here to tell you that there is no more condemnation and we are the children of God and we don't live by fear. God says He does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind and of discipline. And so I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Father, would you awaken the dreamer again and everyone in this room? That, Father, we'd stop chasing after the little pussycat that lives in the house and we start chasing after this 500-pound lion God. We would not run in fear, but we would run to the roar because you have called everyone in this room to do something great than anything that we can even dream or imagine. And you will empower us. You'll provide the way. You'll give us the plans. You'll give us the people to help us to build a dream that is bigger than us. Help us to dream again, Lord God. Help us to chase after the lion. Friends, I want to open up the altar. The worship team is going to sing, but here's what I want you to do. If you want to come forward and say, you know what? I need to fight for my dream again. I need to face my fears today. I need to pursue my God-given passions. I need to stop repeating the past. I need to burn the sinful bridges. I need to blaze new trails. I need to have God's Word speaking to me. The, the world's been lying to you. God has something bigger. So, Father, right now, I'm going to open up the altars and I want you to come as the Holy Spirit's leading. There might be something else I might have said today that hopefully you're going to come right now. Please come to the front as the worship team leads. Come on. Come on down. Let's pray. Let's see God. Let's, let's chase the line. Come on.